0: Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events.
1: What's up, Chicago? I'm Erin Allen, and this is The Rundown. It's February 1st. Happy Black History Month. We're taking some time today to look back on the legacy of a legendary Black contemporary artist, Pope L. He passed away in December at age 68 after having spent the last 12 years of his life in Chicago. He taught at the University of Chicago. Now, even if you're not familiar with his work by name, you may have seen it in a modern art museum or an exhibit MoMA, the Whitney Museum of Contemporary Art in Chicago to name a few. Pope L was hugely influential in the contemporary art scene and he was a mentor and major inspiration to some other great creatives, Chicago's own Theaster Gates being one of them. He was also a father and a true educator. The name Pope L is a combination of his given name, William Pope, and his mother's last name, Lancaster. But you'd have to be brave to call him anything other than Pope L while he was alive.
0: I made the mistake once of calling him William.
1: This is Hamza Walker. He's a curator and the director of LAX Art in Los Angeles. He met Pope L back in the early 2000s.
0: Well, he billed himself as the friendliest Black artist in America.
1: And Hamza says he was, but he was also this enigma.
0: There's no way to pin down Pope L. His work is, I would characterize it as still north of the future.
1: Pope L. worked in all different forms and defied categorization. He painted and sculpted a lot. But the work he did that people talk the most about is his performance art. He was an intervener. He was a subverter. Probably his most well-known performance piece was The Great White Way. Between 2001 and 2009, he crawled 22 miles of Broadway from the southern tip of Manhattan up to the Bronx. In another piece, he smeared mayonnaise all over his body to create this sort of uncanny, shiny white face. It was fittingly called, I Get Paid to Rub Mayo on My Body. And he actually worked with food a lot.
0: When you coat a wall with joint compound mixed with ketchup. It, it, it turns into this really gross, like, skin. Brilliant, brilliant piece. And I just, I still, I never asked him, where did he come up with this idea?
1: That's a question I have when I look at a lot of Pope L's work. How did he even come up with this? He did so much with such care, but he never really did the same thing twice. Hamza and I started by talking about how Pope L made it so hard to put a label on his work.
0: At the basis of the work, I would say, is a riddle. Mm. And Pope L was always one, in terms of conversationally, he was always full of questions. Yes. Questions, questions, questions. And he would always, the, the, the image that I have of him in my mind is him staring over his glasses at me and going, well, let me ask you this. <laughs> That's how you always I love that. How you're always lead off the question. Let me ask you this. It will be unpacking the work. It's unpacking work that to unpack it assumes that there's a bottom to that bag mm. and there isn't one. Mm. It's much more, I would say it follows whatever laws there are governing a black hole.
1: Right? <laughs> wow.
0: And for Pope L, the question of of if you were to say to him black artist, the first thing he would say is, "Oh, uh, let me ask you this: What do you mean by black?" Uh-huh. <laughs> and then, too, uh-huh. let me ask you this: What do you mean by art or artist?" So, so he would deconstruct. Well, let me stop t- you there, right? Like, yeah, let me just stop exactly. you there. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Wow. He would. He would. He, would, he the, in the work uh proceeds accordingly.
1: Yes.
0: So when it comes to the notion of identity, uh Popel, it's both caught between just generationally, um, you know, him having grown up over the course of the nineteen sixties, seventies, between both an assertion of identity, you know, a kind of, you know, black nationalism. Mm-hmm loud I'm black and I'm proud and at the same time yes. a critique of identity I guess one could say you know one of a few twin engines I would say that would drive Popel's work and thinking you know in so if you could begin to package it
1: mm-hmm. yeah um, you talked about the questions and you know people say that he asked a lot of questions himself. He used his work to make us ask questions of our own leanings, of our surroundings, ourselves. His work begged questions. <laughs> um, in your work, consuming, curating, analyzing so much art, talk about the role Curiosity plays in making great art.
0: Oh, you! I, I want to believe that, you know, the field, you know, contemporary art is a almost first and foremost, um, a place to exercise curiosity. Mm. Uh, I mean, it raises more questions I would say than, than it, it, it delivers answers. And if ever there were someone at the center of, uh, that paradigm, it would be Popel, um, especially around issues of self mm. and, and identity. Um, Uh, In terms of his performances, uh, I mean, questions about masculinity, Mm. the idea as a black man that, you know, a race body is already spoken for Mm. in some sense. So having to just almost begin at a place of um, deconstruction, um, undercutting Mm. self. Uh, And then presence being offset by one of his favorite, or a key term for him, lack. Hmm. Um, And he used to say that, that if you ask him, (laughs) you know, what was his medium? Mm, My favorite medium is lack. Hmm. You know, as an artist, so it's like, you know, do you do paintings? Do you do sculpture? What do you work with? What material do you work with? Lack is scarcity the, is, is what yeah. I work with. Yeah, I <laughs> yes. That.
1: Wow. Scarcity, black. lack. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know? Wow. So um what uh, do you
1: think that meant?
0: You know, I think you know, I'd interviewed him a few times. Yeah. And, there were, and I don't know if, if our discussions about masculinity, black masculinity ever really made it into print. Um, but there was uh, the performance of masculinity, overperformance of masculinity, as it was used to cover up lack, mm. right? And he thought that mm. uh, that lack was something that was ascribed to the black body.
1: As you mentioned, you worked with Pope L um, a few times. I guess the first time was back in 08. You worked with him during your Black Is, Black Ain't show. Will you please introduce me to Black Is, Black Ain't? What was the show?
0: It was a group exhibition, uh, 26 artists, both Black and non-Black, critiquing um, the issue of race. And this is 2008. So this just i would started the exhibition before Obama had announced his presidency. Um, and then later, you know, the way that race emerged as an issue over the course of his candidacy was quite interesting. Um, but the way that race was simultaneously being rejected and retained, yes. at the same time. So basically, a kind of a group exhibition that was kind of taking the temperature on where we would stand on the issue of race. So Popel, because of the skin set drawings,
1: this is a can describe. So this is a series of. Framed statements.
0: Yes, frame statements exactly. They're statements uh, that uh, feature a color that modifies the word "people," and then it all—they always take the form of a sentence. Uh, X color people are blank, blank.
1: Mm-hmm. Black people are for rent. I'm just gonna read some of these.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Red people are the boner cosmic. Yes. <laughs> Black people are crossover. Yes. I mean, some of this is
0: right. Some is, of them can be
1: actually, you know, pretty resonant, and other right. things are like, wait, what? They don't
0: make sense. Yeah, exactly. Some of them, some of them, linguistically will make sense. Others, you don't know what to do with. Some yeah. of them are real. <laughs> Some of them can be offensive.
1: Exactly.
0: Right? Yes. So but you you red people, green people, blue people, purple people, you'll it's just like it doesn't make sense. And
1: right? that's the point. That's right. the point. Yes. Exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. No, it's can one render race irrational? Right. And the yes. fact that it doesn't make sense. Yes. And that is what makes the skin set drawings brilliant. Yeah. Right.
1: Absolutely. Um uh,
0: so so I wanted to have, you know a grid of skin set drawings and show And he said, okay. And then I saw this performance that he'd done this performance video that I enjoyed quite a bit that used flour, actually, in terms of food Mm -hmm. stuff. And Mm -hmm. he said, okay, look, if I give you the video, can I have a table in the exhibition with a a mound of flour? And we would either project the video behind behind the table, Um, but I didn't, at that time, I didn't have the space for it and he responded with a brilliant brilliant work it was a series of eight shelves each one painted a bright kind of rainbow primary color um and then on the shelf he was a cone flower so you would take a piece of paper You would pack it, make a cone out of it, pack it full of flour, and then turn it upside down on the shelf. Mm,
1: mm -hmm.
0: Take the cone away, the paper cone away. So you'd have a cone of flour. And then it would either, as you pull the paper away, it would either crumble a little bit. And if it didn't crumble, he just flecked it with his finger just a little bit at the top Mm, to make the top crumble. So there were these eight little shelves and the shelves were, I'm going to say, six inches by six inches, Yeah, that punctuated the gallery that were on the perimeter walls of the gallery. So that you didn't even, you might see one and you wouldn't know what it was. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And then you might see another one. And then but by the end of the show, you would notice, you'd be like, what are these? Yes. (laughs) Um, But the idea of uh, a very formalist piece in terms of shape and color, But, put within the context of an exhibition about race, how did we read this cone mm. of you know flower, a pure substance right that was crumbling right on a colored shelf? So mm. I credit Pope l with finishing the exhibition for me. It was as if you had done something, and the only thing you were missing was the period at the end of the sentence. Mm. The piece was totally. It was, and the piece functioned like syntax,
1: right? Yeah. In terms
0: of how it was distributed around the exhibition, yes, right? like commas or something, right? Yes, really, really, super smart. But that is just completely typical of him. Yeah, I mean, and that's certain artists. You know, you know their work, you know what they do, and you 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 come to them, and you know that you you know what you're going to get. You're going to get some some, you know. Approximation of what it is that they make as an artist. He was not the case. You had no idea what he would propose to do.
1: Yes. At all. Was that exciting? Was it nerve wracking? Was it oh, both? It's,
0: great. it's the, but sometimes it's the best kind of art. It's like you yeah. know, at minimum, you will be perplexed. At maximum, you will be wildly surprised.
1: When you think about Pope L right now, if you were to talk about his legacy and what he's left behind, what would you say?
0: Well, there are two parts to it. One is him as an artist and his work and the, the manner in which it resists unpacking. Um, hmm. it, will, it will always remain in some sense uh, fresh uh, because mm. it comes at you like a riddle, so it's kind of a or a, a, a parable, right? A question. Yeah. The other thing is him as a teacher; it's mm-hmm. an incredible teacher, um, and that his exhibitions and art making and teaching were connected. Mm. And when we worked on the exhibition with him, the way that he involved his students in the exhibition. It was almost as though he was conducting a seminar with mm. them in terms of the making of the work. Mm-hmm. It was as though he was using them as a kind of sounding board about how to proceed. They were the people with whom he had regular mm-hmm. contact. So Hope students are marked. They're not just like, oh, I got an MFA. There's certain schools and programs that you go through. Yeah. No, 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 no. He is an instance where it's like, oh no, I studied with Popel, mm-hmm. and as a model, he was always asking questions, right? And so, once you were hanging out with Popel, you definitely saw the world
1: different. Mm. No
0: two ways about it.
1: Well, if that's if that's a legacy, right? If 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 I've ever heard one, for sure.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And it wasn't. I mean, there was the artwork, which is that, but then there was him, his presence and place in the world. Uh, was also part of the work.
1: Hamza Walker is the director of LAX Art, which is a nonprofit visual art space in Los Angeles. Hamza, thank you so much. Thank you. If you want to learn more about Pope L's life and legacy, my colleague, Mitch Dudek, at the Chicago Sun-Times wrote an obituary last month. It has a bunch of archival photos and it's really a great read. You can check that out at chicago.suntimes.com. And that's it for today. Thank you to Justin Bull and Sarah Stark for producing The Rundown and to Ariel Van Clee for editing the show. Brennan Banizak is our executive producer and our theme music is by Louis Weeks. The Rundown is produced by WBEZ Chicago and is a part of the NPR network. And we love to hear from you. Email us with your thoughts and questions. Let us know what you want to hear on the show at therundownpod at wbez.org. I'm Erin Allen. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you tomorrow.